Welcome in, everyone. And in today's episode, I'm talking with my good friend, Michael Tanner, who is a former Marine and leadership expert. And we're discussing the importance of basic relationships that NCOs need to have with their soldiers. And Michael unloads a ton of knowledge bombs here. So you got to pay attention. Maybe listen to this one a couple of times because there is some good stuff here that's going to help all NCOs become better foundational leaders for their soldiers. Let's discuss. Welcome to your Army NCO Career Podcast the podcast that helps NCOs get promoted faster. Are you looking for tools, techniques, and support to become a high-achieving NCO? Do you want to support your team more effectively and excel faster than your peers? Then you are in the right place. Here, you can find the trusted guidance, mentoring, and coaching you may have trouble finding elsewhere. Let's get started. Here is your host, Stephen Faust. All right. Welcome back, friends. In today's episode, as I mentioned in the introduction, we're going to talk a little bit about leadership, a little bit about such a big topic, but we're going to keep it in the center of the lane here today. I have my good friend, longtime good friend, Michael Tanner with us, and he is a leadership expert, and he's going to share with us some really cool stuff to think about as NCO leaders. Michael, welcome to the show. Stephen, man, I am honored to be on and and serve your audience as best I can. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Uh, Not many friends I have as uh, close as you that know as much as you do about leadership. You have a unique story, this compelling background. As a, and, and you know what, folks? We can't hold it against Michael that he was a Marine. <laughs> Marines, we love Marines too. They're not Army guys, but they're Marines, and we have to love them too. And, and Michael's a former Marine, not an ex-Marine, because... What is it, Michael? There are no such things. There are no (laughs) such things as ex-Marines. You are a former Marine, and you have just a compelling story and just this level of leadership expertise that you've been able to build over the years. And I'm excited about what you're going to bring to the show today. And we're going to talk about the power of relationships, especially with NCOs and how they can leverage that with their teams. Let's go ahead and kick it off. What do you got for us today, my friend? Yeah, well, first of all, Stephen, thanks so much. I, I know you personally don't hold it against me uh, being a Marine, and I, I appreciate your audience not doing so as well. Uh, but I will say that I'm certain that throughout the course of our conversation, uh, I will mention Marines probably uh, instead of soldiers. You know, I'll probably make some comment like, you know, when you're leading your Marines, well, just know that I also mean soldiers uh, in that because I know. Well, Marines uh, know are, are kind of brainwashed, so we get it. We understand. Oh, yes. Yeah. Any any acronym that has an M in it, that M must mean Marine. You that's bet. That's for sure. That's awesome, that's man. Sure. So I'm, I'm excited about what you're going to bring today. You gave me a little bit of a sneak peek, and I know this is really going to help Army NCOs out there. So, uh, But what are we going to walk through? Yeah. So I, I want to talk about, and you've heard me say this many times, Stephen, but I want to talk about my philosophy that, that leadership is really about relationships. And I think this is really, really important to understand, especially in the military, uh, because too often, I believe, especially in the military, leadership is viewed as a rank structure. And if I outrank, then, you know, I tell you to do something and you just do it. And we view that as leadership. And I just don't see it that way. Uh, frankly, I wasn't taught that way 
in the Marine Corps either. My my first leadership position, and I'll tell you one of the stories from that, was in 1993, and I was a squad leader of a Marine infantry uh, squad. And um, uh, I was taught in in the Marine Corps through the, the, what, was, what was then called the Sergeant's Course, um, but I was taught that leadership was really more about influence and it was more about serving those that you're leading than it was about the rank that you wore on your sleeve or on your collar. Uh, and so I thought we'd talk, you know, kind of dive into that. And uh, of course, I have a story that I'll share with you that uh, illustrates exactly how not to build a relationship with those you're leading. How's that sound? It sounds great. It's so important that there are so many different ways you can lead. Uh, some are good, some are bad, some are right, some are clearly wrong, but they could all have an effect. It's just the effect you want them to have. And the way that you teach is a way that allows NCOs to have a great effect with leadership, but yet still have very positive relationships along the way. So let's jump in. Yeah, so you will remember this, I'm certain, Stephen, but uh, your audience may not remember this, but do you remember Private Pile? Do you remember the the sitcom uh, Gomer Pile USMC? Do you remember that program? You're dating me, but yes, I clearly <laughs> remember Gomer Pile. Golly. Or, well, gee whiz. I remember, I remember Gomer Pile too. Uh, and the reason I bring that sitcom up is because uh, I, I was one time leading uh, a squad, as I mentioned, um, and this I was found myself leading this squad right after we had returned from deployment. Right, we just returned from deployment, and when you return from deployment, there's a lot of shakeup that goes on in your organization because you know senior Marines they're going off to some other duty station, some may be getting out of the Marine Corps, uh, so there's just a big shakeup in your your organization and, and in your platoon. You'll almost Every single time, you'll get um, new squad leaders. And so I got, uh, quote, promoted to a squad leader position over another squad. I, you know, I'd, I'd gone on deployment in first squad, but I now got assigned as a squad leader over third squad uh, within our platoon. Uh, and in my new squad here, I had a, well, he was actually a Lance Corporal, but I'm going to call him a private because I'm going to call him Private Pyle uh, because he so reminded me of that sitcom. He so reminded me of Private Pyle because here was the deal. If it could be messed up, Private Pyle was going to mess it up. He was certainly going to mess it up. And so he was now in my new squad. And I had watched from a distance, I had watched his previous squad leader try to train and try to lead Private Pyle. And I watched him from afar. And he felt like his uh, the best way to lead Private Pyle was to embarrass him publicly, to berate him, you know, verbally, um, point out all of his mistakes, never gave him a compliment, never told him he was doing good at anything. Just, you know, he was just always riding private pile extremely hard. And for whatever reason, I felt like that when I came in and now was the squad leader over private pile, I felt like that was the right thing to do just to follow the example of the previous leader, even though it didn't produce any kind of real results for private pile. I, for, I fell into the trap of I'll just do what the previous squad leader did. Well, in that shakeup after deployment, 
we also got a new battalion commander. And one of the first things that a new battalion commander wants to do when he takes over a battalion is he wants to do a battalion inspection. And so this was an inspection of our barracks rooms, of our uniforms, uh, all of our equipment and so forth. So we spent weeks getting ready for this battalion commander's inspection. And I made sure every single one of my Marines were squared away. They were locked, you know, locked away and their, their barracks rooms were all squared away and clean and all. Well, the day of the inspection, just a couple of hours before uh, the Lieutenant Colonel is going to be coming through. I'm looking one last time over private pile and we're in our service alpha uniforms. And in that uniform, there's a small minute detail of that uniform. That is that your military ID card is supposed to be in your left breast pocket. Well, I noticed that private pile did not have his military ID card. So I asked him private pile, where is your military ID card? I lost it. When did you lose it? Months ago. He lost it actually while we were on deployment, you know, months ago. So I just go off on private pile. How do I even know that you're really a Marine? And I'm, I'm just going off on the guy, right? So I told him to go out in the parade deck, which was between the barracks. And this is our PT field. And we kept that PT field policed up very, very well. So I really wasn't expecting private pile to be successful in this. But I told him, I said, go out and find a rock and bring it back in here. And I thought he would be able to find a little bitty pebble out there because we didn't like rocks in our PT field. He came back with a rock almost the size of a golf ball. And I was shocked, but at this point, I was committed. I I, I felt like I had to follow through. So what I did was I told him, I said, Pyle, you're going to put that rock in your left breast pocket. And when the colonel walks in and he looks and he sees that in your po- in, in your breast pocket and he asks you why you have a rock in your pocket, you're going to tell him that it's because it's your ID card, because you're a rock. So Private Powell puts the rock in his pocket. A couple of hours later, Lieutenant Colonel comes in and uh, it is customary that the squad leader accompanies the Lieutenant Colonel as he's going through the inspection. He walks into Private Powell's room and obvious, I mean, the, the rock is obvious. I mean, it is staring you in the face. He doesn't look at any of his room. He doesn't look any other parts of his unit. He walks right up to him and he says this. He says, Private, what is in your pocket? Private Powell says, a rock, sir. It's my ID card because I'm a rock. Then the lieutenant colonel says, who told you? No, his language changed. He said, son, who told you to put a rock in your pocket? Corporal Tanner did, sir. To this point, at this point, Lieutenant Colonel Allen, he, he turned and he looked at me and he said, you're either a hard ass or a dumbass." And he turned around and walked out. And he didn't inspect anyone else in my squad. He just completely moved on to the next person. Now, in the Marine Corps, he would have been giving me a compliment if he were calling me a hard ass. He was not calling me a hard ass. He was calling me a dumbass because he recognized I had just destroyed the relationship that I needed to lead 
private pile appropriately. Uh, so you don't want to be a dumbass. Don't lead like a dumbass. Don't lead like I did uh, and destroy my, a relationship with someone you're trying to lead. And the funny thing there, Michael, and this is a lesson for NCOs out there, and, and it's one that it's easy to fall into the trap of. You follow what was done before you. You are a product of your environment in many cases because as a young NCO, you just don't know everything and you are looking to your senior leaders, the NCOs that you look up to, your first sergeant, your uh, command sergeant major, you're looking to them to demonstrate good behaviors and examples. And if you don't know any differently, and if you haven't been taught intentionally any differently, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to emulate those behaviors. And in this situation, in this story, you were emulating what was demonstrated to you. And I know you, uh, now I didn't know you back then, but I know you and the, fa- and the fabric that you come from, and that's not a normal thing, but you viewed that as a normal behavior in the Marine Corps because that was what was demonstrated to you. And in the private pile, he was happy to say, I'm a rock because Corporal Tanner said that's what I am. And that's uh, right. I mean, he almost said it with pride. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So, you know, in some ways you got to give it to private pile there because he was doing what he was told to do. And it's funny. And and, and that's the lesson. You, You follow what other people do. You do those things too. And in some ways you take pride in doing those things because you truly believe it's the right thing and nothing can destroy uh, morale and esprit de corps and discipline more than propagating those bad behaviors and even worse soldiers feeling like that was the right thing because they don't don't know any better. So we have as NCOs, we have so much responsibility to learn to do the right thing, to do the right thing, to teach the right thing so we can create the environment that's going to get uh you know the right results and create the right set of behaviors. And and your story there there was really compelling to that, but what occurred after that? I mean, you now were called a dumbass by your battalion commander. Private Pyle thinks you're the greatest leader ever because he has agreed with you. I'm a rock. <laughs> and I bet he didn't like the, and those of you who don't know Gomer Pyle, go back and look up uh, uh, Gomer Pyle and Jim Neighbors as a guy that played him. And I'm yep, sure that yep. your Private Pyle didn't say Shazam. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. And he didn't say golly either. Uh, no, I mean, he was, he was not a fan of me, you know, from that day on. I mean, and, and the truth is I was never able to, uh, restore the relationship that I needed with him in order to be a good and effective leader for him. I was never able to do that. I, I, I was over that squad for another year and a half or so. And I was just never able to be a good, effective leader for Private Pile because I had, I had just destroyed the relationship at that point. And, and how did your relationship go with the battalion commander? I think you said Colonel Allen. How, how did that go? Because now he has this instant impression of what uh, Corporal Tanner is and the type of leader he is. How did you recover or restore that relationship? 
Well, I, to be honest with you, I don't know. I mean, I, I never had any other direct uh, interactions with Lieutenant Colonel Allen. Um, he, he went on to, I mean, he was a career um, uh, uh, Marine. And in fact, he was uh, General Allen when he finally retired under the Obama administration. I mean, he worked with General Petraeus in the war on terror and all that. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, he's a ph- phenomenal Marine. But I never had any additional interactions with him after that. I, there, there were several layers between the two of us. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, certainly he taught me a big lesson. He, he, he may not have n- known it. And in, in that moment in that barracks room, but he taught me a big lesson. Um, but like I said, I, unfortunately I had just done such damage to the relationship with private pile that I, I wasn't able to recover from. It. Yeah. And something tells me that maybe, the Michael Tanner story with General Allen that General Petraeus or maybe even President Obama himself heard a story about a young Marine who put a rock in the guy's pocket and you were the butt of a joke at a, at a Marine Corps ball or something. But, uh, you know, it's just funny how it takes a moment. It takes a fraction of a second to ruin credibility as a leader, as an NCO. Yeah. And it yep. takes a lifetime to recover from it. So it's just something right. to keep in mind. So always think before you speak and yeah. think before you do something that seems like a good thing, but may have a entirely different outcome. So what happened after that? So you learn, you grew, you developed as a leader. And I'm sure you look back on that story as a big pivot for you and, and how you treat and lead others. And, and tell yeah. me the stories after that and, and, and what's, what's occurred in your life since then well fortunately after that i was i was assigned and i went to what they then in the marine corps called the sergeant's course uh, and that's really where they they teach leadership they teach nco leadership is in that sergeant's course and that's where i recognize and realize that it's not about rank you know people aren't leading you because you outrank them or they're not following you because you outrank them and they didn't use the words servant leadership but as I look back on it now, that's very much what they were teaching in this sergeant's course uh, in the Marine Corps was servant leadership. They were teaching, uh, train your Marines well, tra- train your soldiers well, tr- you know, treat them well, uh, care for their needs. Um, there's a famous book out uh, by Simon Sinek entitled Leaders Eat Last. Um, and he wrote that book. Simon Sinek wrote that book after being embedded with a few Marine officers. Uh, and that is something that in the sergeant's course, they teach from day one, leaders always eat last. And the purpose for that is to ensure that your Marines that you're leading, they're going to be taken care of first. And so if you're out in the field and a hot meal comes along, and if there's not enough hot food for everyone, you as the leader are going to be the one that sacrifices, that suffers. You're going to make sure that your Marines go first. And so that was what was taught to me in the sergeant's course. Um, and that certainly is is where I officially, I guess, informally recognized that the leadership I had displayed over private pilot, it wasn't leadership at all. I mean, the only reason he went and got the rock and brought it in and put it in his pocket is because I outranked him. He didn't do that because he wanted to. And the sergeant's course is what taught me that you want to be a leader such that people follow you because they want to, not because 
you outrank them in some way. And, and the same is true today in the corporate world as well. I teach this exact same thing in the corporate world. You want people to follow you because they want to follow you, not because you have some title or position. Yeah. And that that's, that's so critical. And so from that experience, you've grown and developed your leadership skill and style and, and experience. And what's one or two kind of lessons that, that you would want to pass on to army NCOs that could help them become what is needed and not be a corporal tanner in a private pile, but become the corporal tanner, the leader tanner that learned from that. What are one or two lessons or examples that we could pass on to some of these army NCOs? Well, the thing I want us to, you know, really focus on here today is build good relationships with those that you're leading, right? You don't want to ever be in a situation where you kind of mentally feel like you have to throw your rank around, right? If, if you have, especially if you have to verbally explain to someone that you outrank them, Hey, look, I'm a Sergeant. You're not, you're not leading in that situation, right? Because they're not going to do whatever you're asking them to do because they want to, they're going to be doing that because they, they fear the consequences or the punishment that might come their way if they don't do what you ask them to do. And when that's the case, at best, I believe you're going to get a half-hearted effort from them, at best. And as leaders, we all want maximum effort on everything that we and our team uh, members do. And if if you're going to get that maximum effort, it, it's going to have to be because they want to follow you not because they're obligated to do so. And so that's first and foremost, you got to start building good relationships with those people that you're, that you're leading. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to have that's a, right. have a, a binder that gives you the the 12 points to do every time you, you speak with a soldier. No, it's about being a human being, about being real, about being honest, about being transparent and knowing that you can't be transparent on everything. You can't share everything. And that's, that is the case for every leader in any position in any industry. It's, you can't share everything at all times, but what you can do is be as transparent as you possibly can and don't take them down a, a winding road that a straight road will get you there faster. Give them, give them the, the direct feedback, treat them with respect as a person, as a human being, recognize the world that they're in and how they may be perceiving uh, you and the environment and just treat them, just treat them with human dignity and respect. And I think that gets so lost because, because we, we get some rank on our collar or on our hat, and we think that that gives us a license to be uh, a dumbass to your earlier yep. Yep. Uh, yep. you know feedback. And, and it doesn't. It doesn't mean you can't be one, and there are a lot of them out there. Just make sure it's not you, because your calling card and what you're going to be remembered for and how you're going to be looked at is only going to be through the lens of how you treat people. People are going to get results. People are going to achieve accomplishments and, and do things. But what sticks and stays is how you did it along the way, how you treated people along the way. And did you bring everyone with you or did you push them to the rear and take all the glory for yourself? And it, yeah. don't be that kind of leader. And I know another thing that uh, is really important that I know you believe in is having some regular rhythm of conversation with yeah. your soldiers. Yeah. And how does that look in your world? 
Yeah. I mean, and I appreciate you saying that it, it doesn't have to be all complex. You know, when I say to a soldier, hey, build relationships with your with those that you're leading, I, I recognize that that can feel all fuzzy and 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 all. And well, how do I do that? Well, you, the good news is you don't have to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist or something like that. To your point, it's just about how you treat people. And really the thing that, that you want to do is just be genuinely curious about those that you're leading. Be curious about them as a person, not as a member of your fire team or your squad or your platoon, but be curious about them as a person. And in the Marine Corps or in the military in general, this is so easy to do because everyone comes from totally different backgrounds and different places in the world. And, and there's so much to be genuinely curious about. And I believe one of the most powerful tools that you can utilize to build relationships with those that you're leading is in, in the corporate world, we call it a one-on-one meeting. Uh, it, you know, in the army world, there's, there's probably some other names for, for these meetings, but it's really just, uh, an individual meeting with every single one of those people that report to you. And my recommendation for those one-on-one, I have two recommendations for the one-on-one meetings. First of all, have them on a regular basis and be as consistent with that as possible. Maybe you meet them and it's just, you know, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is. Maybe you meet with them once a week or once every other week. But be as consistent with that meeting as you possibly can, because your consistency tells that person that they are valuable to you, that that you care about them. You care enough about them to set aside this time and be committed to that time. So do it on a regular basis and be consistent with it. The second thing that that I recommend that you do as a part of this one-on-one meeting, the very first agenda item on that meeting in that meeting every single time is relationship building. First five minutes of the of the meeting is just about building relationships. Now, the rest of the meeting, maybe you're talking about status of some project or you're talking about getting ready for deployment or like I was, my story, you're getting ready for an inspection or whatever. But the first five minutes is all about relationship building. And in that first five minutes, you're just asking those genuinely curious questions about them as a person. Hey, tell me a little bit about the hometown you came from. Tell me a little bit about, and you're willing to share some of those things about yourself as well. Lead by example, if you will. And so those are the two, I believe, incredibly powerful tool for building relationships, the regularly held one-on-one meeting where the first item on the agenda is relationship building. The world is powered by relationships. And the army mm-hmm. is no different. It's powered by relationships. It's it's trust and confidence that is built into one another. And when you have this regular relationship, I love what you said about have a regular meeting. Now, for your command, for your for your company, your first sergeant, your sergeant major, it could be different, right? So we're not saying uh, a prescriptive way of doing it, but what I would say is what does your command require? And you always want to make sure you're doing that at least at the minimum level, right? So no, no doubt about it. Make sure that you're not one of the 10 people on the first sergeant's list who is not doing their performance counseling, uh, their one-on-ones, don't be that guy or that or that lady. Don't do that, number one. And then secondly, don't 
just think that because the requirement is once a month, that's all you should be doing, right? Relationships mm-hmm. are built uh, on regular communication, regular engagement, and sitting down. And as you said, Michael, just the first five minutes, if you're meeting for 30 minutes with a soldier, be intentional about it. That doesn't mean just go stand over in the corner and with people walking by, just have a conversation and say, yep, I did my counseling. I'm good. But what that means is get into a place where you can really focus on the conversation and without distraction and Those first five minutes are going to be the most important five minutes because when you ask about a person's actual personal situation, maybe their family, maybe their kids, maybe their hometown, maybe what they like to do, what their hobbies are, it's going to demonstrate a compassion and a care for them that extends beyond the X's and O's of what your unit requires. And that, when the times get tough, and the proverbial bullets start flying, you're going to need to have that that trust and that support mechanism. And those five minutes are going to be what enables that to happen. Now, it's not just five minutes one time. It's five minutes every time you meet, and you have to make sure you're sitting down and meeting on a regular, consistent basis. The, the number one thing that people do well maybe is is have a meeting the worst thing they do is do it once and think that they're done i've done it my relationship is built i checked the block on that and i'm good to go and that's even worse it would be better if you never did anything at least the expectation is clear right expectation is clear and they'll just know that you're not going to be interested or involved but if you do it here and there you're going to confuse people and they're not going to know where you stand as a leader Yeah, totally. I mean, building a relationship is certainly not a one and done event, right? It is something that's done incrementally in small increments over time, right? And and I'll also say this, building a relationship is not a covert operation, right? This is not some top secret mission that you're on that you don't want that individual to know about. It's okay to be upfront with that individual and say, hey, we're going to get together on a regular basis. And the first thing we're going to talk about is just me and you. Right. I just want to get to know you better. I want us to have a better relationship so that we can serve better together. Right. Um, you can be upfront and honest and transparent with that. Don't don't feel like you in some secret kind of way need to build a good relationship with this person that you're leading and they shouldn't know about it. Right. No, that's not the case at all. Um, it's not a covert operation. But it is certainly incremental over time with some consistent meetings. Yeah, and I totally agree. And you never outgrow this. So NCOs, you Mm -hmm. never outgrow the need to be a personal uh, leader, to be someone who connects with your soldiers. You never rise to a rank where you say, I'm done. You never get to a place where you say, I'm finished. This is a evolving, constant uh, requirement. If you want to be great... And if you truly want to be inspirational and influential as an NCO, you do this, you do this relationship building all the time. And those that do and do it well are the ones that are going to get uh, noticed. They're going to get promoted faster and they're going to get 
good things that happen to them because of the good things they've done with their soldiers. And it's, it's a give and take, it's back and forth, and you two can get all the benefit from that. But this has been a great conversation, Michael. It's really been insightful on some basic core things that NCOs can do to be effective. And we also know not to ever, ever ask our soldiers to put a rock in their front left pocket. Just don't do right. it. Just we, don't do it. We yeah. don't want to do it. So with that, what is a way, because you're just a leadership expert, former Marine. What is a way if NCOs out there that listen to this podcast want to get a hold of you, that want to you know, get into your world to see what you're doing on the leadership front, uh, how can they best do that? Yeah, I appreciate that, Stephen. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, today I, I lead a uh, leadership development firm. Uh, and so you can find us at CredibleLeaders.com. Uh, you'll find everything that we do there. We have a calculator where you can measure and score your leadership and and get some insights on how to improve your leadership as well. Uh, but then also I have a podcast as well where I target uh, first time and early, you know, early career uh, leaders as well. And that, that certainly applies to new NCOs uh, in the Army. So I'd encourage you to, to uh, listen to that. That's the Rookie Leaders podcast, rookieleaders.com. You can find that as well. So either either of those two websites, you can find me. And then, of course, I'm on pretty much all of the social media platforms. So you're welcome to search and find me there and connect with me there. Michael, I appreciate you today. You're a great leader. You're a great friend. And I look forward to having you back on the show real soon. Stephen, thanks. I'm honored to be here. I'll serve you and your audience anytime I can. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to your Army NCO Career Podcast. Want more? Join the free trial of the Optimized NCO Membership at ncofree.com. The Optimized NCO Membership will provide you with tools and resources, courses, one-on-one mentoring, and accountability to help you become a high-level NCO and get promoted faster than your peers. 